where I go. Let me take a sip of my tea here. Ooh, that's hot. Big tea, guys. Pardon me for my tea. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a schedule. We got a schedule. What month is it? We have Navy Peace schedule. We are recording this February 9th. We have a FIVB schedule yeah. as well. Yeah. That yeah. one came out a little earlier. It did, but you know, it keeps changing. <laughs> we keep getting new versions of it. Yeah. But AVP schedule's out. Yeah. Do you want to read it? Uh, what do we got? All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, you've probably already seen it. But we're starting the year off with the Heritage Series, which is normal volleyball tournaments that we're all used to. Kind of going to simulate the Gold Series. Yeah. So they're going to be bigger events. These are the big three of the year. May 17th, Huntington Beach Open. And then there's going to be three contender events in between Huntington and August 16th, Manhattan Beach Open, which is the normal date. And then the Chicago Open, which is a week after, two weeks after, uh, which is also the normal date. Mm -hmm. And that will be the Heritage Series for the year. And then we'll have in between that, July 6th through 7th, the Denver Open, which is a contender event. And the winner qualifies for the Manhattan Beach Open. Or it's a qualifier for the Manhattan Beach Open. How many teams get in? Four. Four. So top four from Denver get into the Manhattan Beach Open. And then also Wapaka is going to be a qualifier for Manhattan Beach Open. So another four. Mm -hmm. And then Virginia Beach. Oh, Wapaka is July 11th through 12th. And then Virginia Beach is a qualifier for Chicago. And that's... August 3rd through 4th. And then we'll finish out the Heritage Series after that. Which Manhattan, Chicago. And then the big news is... You got the AVP League. The AVP League. So the best... It's your best two, two out of three finishes from Huntington, from Manhattan, yeah. Chicago. And the top eight teams from those three events, your best two out of three... Kind of. It's not um so if you win a heritage, you automatically qualify. Right. So you don't have so you could win hunting. So technically there's wild the cards two. too, right? Yeah, you so can, then there's yeah. two wild cards. Right. So if you're in the top eight via points, you're in good shape, but you're not guaranteed. Yeah, in the, if you're in that seven eight spot. You're, the, you're sweating a little. You're sweating a little because there could be a team outside of that that maybe won an event, in which case they'd get an auto bid. Mm -hmm. And then you could have maybe a Olympic team for example, not be able to play in two of those three events. Therefore, they're outside of the eight. But the AVP, I can pretty much guarantee. I I, I can't guarantee, but I would think is going to give them that wild card. Yeah. Because they want the Olympic the, team. In the there. good thing is that um, well, I, Chicago does have a conflict. Chicago conflicts with Montreal. Yeah. But because it's after Olympic qualifying – I don't think any American teams will skip Chicago to play Montreal. I doubt it. I think Chicago will be fully loaded. Yeah. Montreal's a cool event too. Yeah. We actually played right on a on the edge of a F1 track. It's a cool it's like an island built for sports, right? Yeah. The whole thing. Because I'm watching on there's commentating remote for volleyball TV. It looked it 
looked great. The presentation of it was awesome. Yeah. The crowd was really good. I thought it was great. I mean, it wasn't, it definitely wasn't a typical um, international event and venue. But yeah, like, like you said, the crowd was good. They were into it. Um, it was a nice stadium, good courts. And there was like a little lake behind that you could jump in. Mm -hmm. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Montreal did, did well. So I don't think that, uh, any Olympic teams will fail to qualify. The only decision teams have to make teams in contention. So the women, none of the women, I think will skip Huntington. But well, the for, girls but are qualified. Self, yeah, the right? girls, are, it's clinched. Yeah. It's done. The men will have a choice to make because Huntington precedes a three straight international and the final stretch. So it precedes Espino. That's an elite 16. Then you go to Staria Blanchi, Poland, mm -hmm. which is a cool stop that they're bringing back. And then you go straight to Ostrava, which is the final event. So if you were to play Huntington, you got four in a row, the final of which is arguably the most important. Yeah. tournament of the quad if you're still in contention going for it so that's huntington is the only one where you might get a couple olympic teams on the men's side who could maybe sit out yeah that's going to be a tough decision yeah and hopefully we have to make that decision or else we're saying that we're out of contention <laughs> the first couple then. first couple months didn't go very yeah well. yeah exactly <laughs> um but i could definitely see up to three teams missing Huntington because of that um it's just not a good idea if you want if you want to be at your peak for those next three um international events which are the three I mean at that point they're going to be the three most important and uh I could see I could see some teams being like we're not gonna maybe play our best or maybe we have a little lead so we're gonna play Huntington, take one off, and then finish with the last two and finish really strong. But, oh, that's a tough – Huntington's such a great event. I love that event. It's it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they kept Huntington. And what are the um, what are the dates of the AVP League? The league. Because it starts – is it the weekend after Chicago? And then it's eight straight? Yeah, so – well, September 14th. So sep September 1st, Chicago okay. ends so two weeks, two weeks after – and should we explain the league first? Yeah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give a quick... Get it. So there will be eight men's teams and eight women's teams in the league, and they will be drafted into eight cities. And that's what... They're still working out the details of how the draft is going to work, yeah. if it's going to be kind of like you bring in a GM. But the AVP will own all the franchises. They're not selling off franchises. Right. Or at least maybe down the road they will. I don't know. Um the players don't have to relocate right. to these cities. Do you have the cities in front of you? Yeah. What are the cities of the teams? Well, we're playing in LA. LA will be one. And then South Florida. Okay. San Diego. Austin. Palm Beach. Um, Dallas. And then I believe New, York, New York's Brooklyn. was, yeah, New York and Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. So those are the eight teams. Um, and then, the, like I said, the players don't have to relocate. Each team will play four of the eight weeks. And so you're playing, you're sitting off, you're playing, you're sitting off, maybe you're playing two, sitting one, whatever the case may be. And, and it's not like you're coming in to play in a tournament. You're coming in to play a scheduled match 
on that first day of the weekend, Saturday, I believe. You're playing your one match that's scheduled so everyone knows when you're playing, who you're playing, and they can just show up just to watch that match or the probably four matches that day or however many. Yeah, so if four teams go, then you're going to get two matches on Saturday Mm -hmm. and then they will flip and the other – They'll switch who's playing who. Got it. And the other two teams will play on Sunday. So right. we'll get two matches. Right. So f- between men and women, four yeah. per day? Yeah. Yeah. Which I think will be cool. Like we get to show up energized, ready to go for that one match that day. Mm-hmm. F- turn around, play another match the next day instead of playing up to like six matches, you know? Yeah. So it'll be, you won't get any fatigued players. No. <laughs> in the no league. You, you will be getting the full 100% healthy except for maybe some end of season wear and tear and then it is the top four teams who advance to the playoffs i believe for a league championship Mm -hmm. and then there's a league champion so different look this year yeah and and so new york will quote unquote own a team or or be given a team uh brooklyn and new york but this first year they did not for whatever reason get the venues or whatever it might be so we're not going to play in New York this year. I believe that's the plan in the future, it sounds like. But um, September 14th, we'll start in Los Angeles. And it won't be on the beach, I don't think. I think it the plan sound like that. is to go to arenas. And or, very or similar, ven- similar to Phoenix in the Footprint Center. Maybe not that grandiose. Right. But I think that's the idea is to put in arenas, sell tickets, give fans a good experience, give the players a professional experience. Yeah. So we're going to see. It's going to be an, a super interesting year of beach volleyball. Yeah, for sure. You have the Olympic qualifying. You have a new look on the AVP tour system. Then you have the Olympics. And then you have a league that has never been tried before. Right. And it's going to be good volleyball like like i said no one's gonna be fatigued um i'm excited i'm excited to play in it actually and and kind of see how it all comes together i think i feel like the first year is like they're trying to see what works and like this is a whole different thing that's never been done before so they're trying to see what works and uh so we kind of just gotta like go with the flow and Mm -hmm. and see see what happens um but it starts in LA, September 14th, and then we're going every weekend from there on out. But like Travis said, not every team is going to play every weekend. You're going to play every other weekend uh, for eight weeks. And so September 21st, South Florida. September 28th, San Diego. October 5th, Austin. October 12th, Palm Beach. October 19th, San Diego. October 26th, Los Angeles. And the last one is November 2nd in Dallas. And then whoever's the top teams for that will go to the league championship, which will also be in Los Angeles on November 9th and 10th. There we go. And these are all two-day events. And a lot, of the, a lot of the details, both for the tour and the league, are still being worked out. So we don't know prize money Yeah. for any of it. We don't know exactly where the venues for the leagues are. We don't know how the draft's going to work. So that is is going to come. Yeah, it sounds like the, they're, the idea is to give some ownership to that city, right? Not only to the fans, like, hey, 
South Florida, you're getting a team. You're going to get drafted a team. You don't you don't get to draft it, but however they pick it, whether it's Lotto or, you know, get a, a GM just for fun to come <laughs> right. draft it, um, you're going to have a team representing you. Whether you want to follow your favorite athletes or not, like I'm sure you do. Hopefully you get your favorite athlete. But, like, the idea is to give you a team to cheer for and, like, have all of you – out in South Florida, like this is this is my team, and I'm sticking with them, kind of thing. And then also the local businesses, right? I would think, um, I would think the sponsors are different for each team, right? So the local businesses in South Florida can uh, sponsor the team and and get on the jersey. I believe we're wearing jerseys now. Um, so yeah, it's creating ownership, even though there's no owners, they're not selling franchises yet, which I think is a good idea. Um, I think it's a good it's a it's a good idea, and I'm excited to see how it works out. Yeah, when um, so we've been doing this podcast for this is year seven, and we've seen a lot of new cycles come in, both internationally and domestically. And of course, there's you know when the schedule dropped on social media, the I mean, there's a lot of unhappiness and discontentment both with players and fans and i always look at it uh like i were hiring a college coach where i would give every college coach like two or three years before all right well maybe then you all right now you can get fired with the elite 16 challenge future system everyone was like kind of weird about it it's like let's give it a couple years and see what tweaks they make on the ground running and we'll see what tweaks they'll make after paris the olympics because once you're in a cycle you're you can't change stuff Right, right right like same thing with this one where the announcement kind of fell flat because it got leaked on social media. <laughs> so, um, I like, I'm going to be patient with it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of questions. Like one of, um, one of the questions was, is it a good idea to pilot a new league that competes for eyeballs directly with NFL Sundays? The plan long-term is not to hold this league in the fall. Yeah. It's, I mean, we're, we're a summer sport and, and they know that, but, like you said, they they can't make all the changes all at once. Yeah. And so I think if they would have tried to hold the league in the summer this year, now you're directly competing with Olympic qualifying and the Olympics. Then you lose that. Then you actually lose the players over the eyeballs. And so I think moving forward, the plan is to generally have beach volleyball on a professional level in the United States exist May through Labor Day. Yeah. Which I think is a good move because competing against the NFL – is not the best idea no. for any sport. Yeah. Did you see um, Amazon Prime just bought the rights to one playoff game next year? No. And the ticket for that is $110 million. They paid the NFL $110 mil for one game. No way. <laughs> what? Yeah. So <laughs> trust me, the AVP knows you're not competing against the NFL. Yes. And I think what they're hoping for- We're taking for, them down, baby. <laughs> yeah. I think what they're hoping for- is to get a kind of a windfall from viewers of the Olympics who are like, oh, beach volleyball is kind of cool. And I get the mindset. I, I don't, I think the Olympics works because it's so novel. Mm-hmm. And then once the novelty's over, people are like, all right, I've had my curling, I've had my right, gymnastics, right, right. you know, I've had my skiing. I'm going to yeah. go back to the NFL, the oh, NBA. For sure. I'm going to go back home now. Yeah. So I don't know how much that will translate, but I do think they understand that we're a summer sport and moving forward, I think it's going to be a summer sport. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which it should be. 
Yeah, so I don't like playing in the cold. <laughs> <laughs> no, not a cold guy. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, so most of the questions, we'll try to keep around the AVP schedule since that's the biggest point of interest. Uh, from Umrobe, one of our most loyal YouTube uh, viewers Appreciate and commenters. He's, he's wondering, what is the biggest AVP tour snubs and league snubs? What stops got left off? I think Hermosa is is the anytime Hermosa is not on the schedule it it's a dagger yeah to me. from what I've heard Hermosa is like tough to deal with because there's a lot going on already on that beach um and I think the AVP from what I could take from it is that they know that they look they they want us to be playing in Hermosa um they want our Manhattan and Hermosa but yeah, it didn't work out. And also the problem is if you want to spread out the events, right? Like don't put them both on the, like Manhattan and Hermosa are on the same beach. We play south of, <laughs> we play south of uh, Hermosa or Manhattan Pier and north of Hermosa Pier. It's the same stretch of sand. Yeah. Um, but we have, you know, the argument is that we have the biggest fan base over here in LA. But in terms of spreading the sport out and getting it to all the fans around the country, if you put two of the three events, which we already have Huntington, you know, so we're not going very far. Right. But you put them both on the same beach. It's not, not great, I guess. It depends. Some ways. Not great. It, it depends on your viewpoint. Like not great in terms of getting other fans exposure to the sport. Right. You know, well, your, and, your and bringing in, the, bringing the tour to these other fans on the East coast or wherever it, else they are yeah. like so we're not like bringing, florida we're not I bringing know. it near to anyone in florida yeah. or like a lot Coast. of people in florida would uh, i think would think that they were snubbed because they've yeah. had a couple stops they had miami uh they had fort lauderdale yeah but we are going out there twice to yeah florida. for the league yeah for the yeah league. and then league snubs i think i think new orleans is such a great spot for a league because new orleans has such a vibrant community yeah. i don't think a tour stop there is necessary but i think doing a league stop there yeah. at coconut Dude, I you like put the, a league like stop the under draft. the lights at Coconut. Oh, people! <laughs> you got to rig that draft. Though. You better, you better draft. Uh, <laughs> you better draft Evan Kristen and Kristen and Taryn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think Hermosa would be my biggest snub for a tour stop, and New Orleans probably biggest snub for a league stop. I like that. Yeah, those would be my dude. Picks. If we could put a Hawaii fan base on the map, yeah. We can't have a draft for this stuff though. We gotta have a bid. we have to have, to have, have a bidding or something. <laughs> yeah. So like New Orleans, whoever oh, owns it or whatever, that would, be, would like, be fun. Hey, I'll pay you whatever you need. I'm getting my girls. You know, it's like total like total free agency. I mean, that would be cool. Someone's gonna step up and try to be the Yankees. And yeah, we get another rich person. Dude, in no there, salary cap. Bigger company. No cap. Let's just go. That would be who's gonna buy it, dude? That would be sick if you just had a uh, yeah. City, just city of New Orleans is like. We won't stop till yeah. we get our girls. <laughs> Kristen Tarn are like, uh-huh. Keep bidding, people. <laughs> Hawaii boys go out to Hawaii where I'm just like, come on, we need money. <laughs> Buy us. That would be fun. Free agency. I'd I actually, love to see that. I like that. But I like the idea actually of franchising out uh, teams to owners because we'd be bringing in a whole variety of I'm I'm assuming businessmen and women who are experienced in their own fields and can bring in knowledge and you know once they come in and 
establish their team and start, you know, implementing their expertise in their team, the other teams are going to see it and be like, whoa, we need to do that. And like, they're going to all be trying to one up each other. And I think that competitive business mindedness within our sport is would really raise us up. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you think about a lot of business owners who own sports teams. If I had the money, I would buy one of these teams and, and just try to crush it. Yeah, because it's it, – one, it's a, it's an ego play. For sure. And the lowest like possible – you get a real fantasy team. And fantasy. the lowest entry point into owning a sports franchise would have would to be, be this. volleyball. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you could own a sports team – and you could beat someone and then like that's your win. Like you don't even a lot of those guys wouldn't really care a whole lot about the money. It's that my team beat your team. There's some heavy hitters that enjoy beach volleyball as well. Yeah. That we've seen come especially in Manhattan. We see the see a few LA folks coming out to, yeah. to watch. Especially because a lot of the guys who we'll talk to, they'll spend more money on a fantasy football league than they probably would with the entry point to buy a team is right yeah that's and true so, like essentially they could look at it as i'm playing fantasy beach volleyball right <laughs> with real lives <laughs> with real lives i feel so powerful it's like a video game yeah <laughs> i think it's a good worth a shot the maybe the, let's ease into it yeah though. the potential future of it it's exciting <laughs> to think about these yeah things. exactly yeah I, I love thinking about this stuff it's kind of cool because they've created a platform now where or a league now where that could easily be implemented down the line. Mm -hmm. I think it's probably a good call to establish it first and create a proof of product. Like, what are we selling here? You know, we, we got to establish that first. Um, but it is exciting. Yeah. And another thing that I like that they did is that they didn't hype up the schedule to be something it's not. Mm. I remember 2021 and the AVP was like, count down to the schedule release count down to the schedule release yeah. and it was three events we we're like where'd the rest of it go right <laughs> Ooh, they're releasing it three events at a time <laughs> so it, i mean you kind of want to hype it up at the same time I, I think that they knew that it wasn't going to be the most exciting release like you said i think this is sort of a litmus test an experimental year yeah see what works see what doesn't make your tweaks and then when you're not competing with the olympics then you get to give it a, a good run yeah. In 25. Yeah. It's actually good timing for athletes like myself as well. Um, first of all, to know that they're like respecting our our Olympic pushes, you know. Everyone's so committed and so invested in that. Um, and then they're giving us the opportunity to still be a part of this, the growing of the tour and the starting of it, the new tour. Um, but after that, I feel like there's a – large group of players who are either at a certain point in their career or, you know, not super sure about the world tour where we're all kind of open-minded. Like if you'd pull us all back to just playing in the U S for the most part over that, those four years, we'd be pretty open-minded. I mean, we have great support from our national team. So we want to, you know, get out there and play for our national team and all that. But you grow this tour big enough, the world tour is going to have to respect it and and have to work with us. And and that's the goal with any sports league is you want the best players playing. I'll tell you what, I go around to AVPs. I've had the Anders and Christian. I've had plenty of these players. Adrian used to play on our tour. He knows how fun AVP is. Yeah. They all want to play it for us. They all asking, hey, what do you think about a wild card? Like. <laughs> 
if Anders and Christian aren't getting one, you ain't getting one. Trust yeah. me. It ain't going to happen. And if Anders and Christian aren't getting one, why? Bring them here. They bring so many fans. And I know players would be like, oh, like the Norwegians, they're already taking our money on the world tour. We don't need them taking it here. But hey, I think, tour. man, if you're an elite athlete, like you want your professional league to be where you are, and especially AVP. If you brought Anders and Christian, if you bring the top five teams in the world tour here, it would be huge for the AVP. I wonder what would happen if they did that, if they opened it up. It'd be awesome. Well, because then there's repercussions with the world tour, I would guess. Right? Yeah. They'd have to like, they'd be competitors at that point. But if you had more money, if you had more incentive, a bigger fan base, a better fan base, a standard American sports fan base, they'd come. Yeah. I know. Well, I mean, because the gold series or heritage series, the prize money's the same, if not a little bit better than a, it's about the same as a challenge. I think it's more than a challenge. A little bit no, more no, than a challenge. It's more than a challenge for sure. Yeah. So you think, Andrew, I mean, there's not that many Elite 16s. I mean, prior to the Olympics, there's four Elite 16s. Anderson Christian would play Huntington. They'd have nothing to miss. Anderson Christian would come play Manhattan. Yeah. They might skip well, Chicago. Those guys all want to play Manhattan. Yeah. For sure. Uh, man, I would love to see him open it up. Yeah. And I say this acknowledging that. For me as a player, like it's not like I would be losing any money. I pretty much a good year for me as a player, I broke even. Yeah. Like it would be you, Taylor, all the big dogs, you're like, that's kind of our money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I better go beat their ass. It, and that's the that's the mindset I'm talking about. <laughs> but I know when like when Mel and Brandy and Pav, when they were coming in and they started winning a lot, it rankled oh, for sure. it rankled some feathers. For sure. And they're like, hey, these Canadian chicks are taking all of our money. Yeah. I was like, I mean, iron sharpens iron. Right. Like, it's a good product. I mean, the best product on the AVP for years was Mel and Pav versus April and Alex. Right. And it true fans. Yeah. And that makes <laughs> that brings eyeballs to bring money. Yeah. I mean, it's an oversimplified formula, but That's I think the goal. Yeah. To bring the best in the world right here. And in theory, if you can capitalize on that and really create the business model that capitalizes on those players coming in, you will make more money because they're there mm -hmm. and go beat them. Like get the U S fans on your side and be like, Hey guys, let's freaking team up, make some noise and let's kick these international people's booties. It would be the first time in their careers that Anders and Christian would would be rooted against. <laughs> yeah. I, I still feel like I might get booed for some reason. <laughs> Come on, people. I would love to see it. Actually, and I kind of want to invite fans in this conversation. Would you want to see all the international players? And then maybe AVP. Let's bring them over. <laughs> I don't think that FIVB want, wants this conversation. Yeah. Who knows? Let's see. <laughs> Good thing we have no say. <laughs> yeah, we don't have any say. We will get right back to the podcast in a moment. But first have to give a huge shout out to our sponsor wilson they've been with us since day one they make the absolute best balls on the beach absolutely zero question about it and it is that time of year training camps are starting back up we're starting to get back out on the beach in california anyway in hawaii in florida anywhere you have a beach facility the preseason reps are starting to roll around which means it's time to get a new bag of balls all those tattered ones we had in 2023 it's time to replace them with some new Wilson balls in 2024. And the best news 
you get 20% off all Wilson products when you use our discount code SANDCAST-20. Again, that is SANDCAST-20 to get 20% off all Wilson products. Best balls in the game. Go fill up your new bag, your new Wilson bag, with some new Wilson Optics balls and get out on the sand. Now, taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should at least be simple. That's why for the last, I don't know, four, five, maybe six years, I've been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions, on the road, at home, doesn't matter. It comes with me everywhere I go. It's just one scoop. You mix it in water once a day, every day. It makes me feel awesome. I rarely, if ever, get sick, and that's because one serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and post, pre and pro biotics and more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple, and it's why I just continue sticking with it. Now, I take my AG1 in the morning right before I work out. I throw a little creatine in there as well, or right after I work out when my body's just wanting all these vitamins and minerals. It's the best, it's the number one whole supplement you can take, and it's cheap. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1. And that's why I've partnered with them for so long. That's why Sandcast continues partnering with them. This is our third year. So if you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free, 100% free, one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Now that is exclusively at drinkag1.com slash sandcast. All right, that's drinkag1.com slash sandcast. So check it out. Um, Tiger wants to know how will qualifying for events be different this year? <clears throat> so Huntington and Manhattan have on-site qualifiers. Four come out of the Huntington Beach qualifier. Eight come out of the Manhattan qualifier. The Denver not a tour series it is a contender contender the denver contender the top four teams from that and they switched the format to that so it was 24 team modified pool it's now 24 team double a limb the top four teams from denver will qualify for manhattan and then the top four teams from wapaka which is the next weekend they will qualify for manhattan and then the top four from virginia beach will qualify for chicago yeah so well there'll be on-site qualifiers for huntington huntington manhattan and manhattan yeah um my question is, do you think, like, what level of players will go and play in Denver, Wapaka, and Virginia? Well, I think... Um, Can it hurt you? No. Can't hurt you. You're not put, you can't push out finishes. There's a lot of teams, on the women's side, there's a lot of teams who are out of the Olympic race. Every, everyone's yeah. out. It's all set. Yeah. Everyone knows you're back to a normal uh, world tour year. And I think the top teams will want to still play. And, you know, if they can get into elite 16s and whatnot and slide their way up the world rankings. But, I mean, it could be worth it for some of these teams to go and, and play in Wapaka and Denver. Yeah, and, and Virginia, because Virginia has zero conflict with anything. Yeah, and it's two weeks before Manhattan. Yeah, cause, so good timing. Because Denver will pack a conflict with Stad and Vienna. Oh, they do. Okay. Yeah. So Stad and Vienna. Yeah, those are ones you want to go to. Yeah. So that, well, if you can, but not not all these top teams are even in the qualifiers of those. Yeah. Well, it's Stad Vienna Olympics, and so I think our Olympic chicks might 
Oh, our Olympic out. girls. Oh, right. But they're not going to play. To rest up. They're not going to play. Gonna play those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it, you could get a pretty good field for the contender series because they're really fun tournaments. Like yeah. Denver is awesome. That's what Wapaka I'm saying. Is like, awesome. I look at these events, I'm like, I've always wanted to play Denver and Wapaka. Yeah. Virginia Beach? I don't know. No offense, but I've got three straight thirds. Just doesn't Virginia sound Beach. that good. I gotta, I gotta get through. Is it. that the one where everyone's well, going home? Burnt? Uh, Virginia got a little hot, but um, not unreasonably. What am I it was Atlantic City. Oh, that was Atlantic AC, City okay. was. You're off the hooks, Virginia. <laughs> Atlantic City was like a morgue. Was it like everyone's feet were like <laughs> blistering? Everyone's feet. Yeah. You got people were brought out on wheelchairs, like being carried well, off. Well, Atlantic City is a little sketchy yeah. if you even step off the like main strip. My favorite joke about Atlantic City is from. You ever listen to Sam Morrill, the comedian? No. He said, people leaving Vegas is what people going into Atlantic oh, City God. look like. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, they're just beat up. They're weathered. All they want to do is go home. Like, that's the vibe going into AC. Just going into it. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. No, Virginia Beach is fun. It's uh, it's underrated. I, and I'm biased because I, I get to go home for a couple oh, yeah. days. And then I drive down mm-hmm. with my brother. And mm-hmm. I've always, I've got third there every time. So I've had a good time. I mean, yeah. I like hitting new spots. All three of those are new spots for me. Sandcast team. I'm hoping that that's not <laughs> on the table at that point. I want to be worrying about the Olympics. But Will that yeah, be after the Olympics? Oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah that one's after. Virginia's uh, right yeah, after. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe a post Paris Sally. You know, go back, we'll have some crab cakes. I, I that is on the bucket list. Mm-hmm. I got to hit the Mawarder household. Go say hi to the cows. Yep. Got happy cows. We don't have Bakersfield cows. We got happy cows. Happy, clean (laughs) cows. Go cow tipping? No, is that a thing? That sounds kind of mean. That's a thing. I don't do it because I love cows, but it is a thing. I feel like I would have done it, you know, college and before would be fun. But now I'm like, (laughs) oh, man, poor cow. (laughs) But then Um, I eat beef, so it's kind of funny. Yeah. Anyway, that's Um, a whole different story. (laughs) A whole different conversation. (laughs) Sidetrack. Depending on who's listening. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, Dale Thrush wants to know what's a young gun team, men and women that could take a big leap this year. We'll uh, keep it focused on the AVP. Young guns, yeah. <sighs> hmm. I'll let you I'm trying to think, think on it. Yeah, I love um, who's considered young guns. I love Wyatt Harrison. Mm. Big fan of his game. Um, I think that Evan Corey is kind of due for a breakout he said he had a great rookie year had a sophomore slump well that's what i was wondering is is evan Corey, weber hagen are they young guns still i would consider it yeah they're they're kind of in the same category right yeah okay we'll throw them in there who uh evan doesn't have a partner yet right yeah i mean the guy's got all the talent like yeah. he's gonna be around um it's really a matter of there's just not a lot of blockers there. <laughs> we were talking about that the other day. I, like, I want to play defense one day. I was like, nah, for who? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what blockers are around. Yeah. Well, name not necessarily a young gun, but a name that might be new for people who I think could be pretty good is who we were with today is Dave Wysorek. Yeah, that guy can bang. Yeah, for sure. And he's he's was really raw in terms of when he came out. He just you could just tell he's just a pure indoor guy, or it seemed like it. Um, played against him today. He's with Chase Frischman, who's pound for pound one of the best defenders. And the guy was making some well, crazy he, digs. So last year, um, I said that came led the AVP in digs per set, but I was wrong. Chase had a full like dig and a half more. 
oh. per set than anyone. Really? Chase and I feel like uh, Chase and Zana are so similar. They just make these crazy plays and high volume digs. Oh, They're yeah. so fun to it's watch. It's like if if Chase is there and you don't really get a hold of it and you try to blow him up and and you only get 90% on it, it's like nothing. Yeah. Him. So easy. Dig it right in his face. He'll put his nose up in there. Like today he made a few plays. We put it on our Instagram. Travis yeah. did. <laughs> That was a crazy play. It was insane. He scooped the ball and it had so <laughs> it was going out of bounds and it had so much spin on it that it just stopped on the net and like trickled down on me. And it was just pure like you unloaded. And it was like the third time he did that in that rally. <laughs> the and there were gnarlier <laughs> and there were gnarlier digs before in practice. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of his MO. Yeah. My point being, um Chase and Wyzork, if that team sticks together and goes does AVP together. Yeah, they could be because that's a big block. That's a big hitter with a guy who can set and a guy who has high, high volume, maybe the highest volume digs. Yeah. Um, and Dave's only getting better. Uh, yeah, that could be sneaky yeah. good too. I also think Hagen, like, you know, he's just committed to beach and he's very confident and has a great feel for the game with Logan. They can be anyone on any given day. Yep. Um, I like uh, Jordan Hoppy. He's yeah, definitely young. young. Coming out, and I really this is a legit young gun. I think he's still nineteen, maybe eighteen. Is Zephyr Dew? Zephyr, yep. I like Zephyr's game a lot, and he's I been like in the, the Zephyr USA gym too. Zephyr is spunky, like he's fiery, and I love it. I mean, he he'll like punt the ball here and there, <laughs> and he'll talk some shit. And everyone's like, man, Zephyr's kind of wild. I'm like, yes, we need that. <laughs> we need another one of those. <laughs> yeah, we need some fire. Yeah, no. And he's been in the USA gym. It kind of says a lot to see see guys in there at a young age consistently putting in the work. Yeah. yeah. So those are the men. The women, I mean, geez. How do you pick? Take your Just look at <laughs> court one, two, three on the top 20 NCAA teams, and there's your – yeah. There's your pick. The two chicks from Washington who upset Betsy and Julia in the first round of Manhattan, and I forget their names, but they're definitely names to look out for. Yeah. And then I, I think mean, I saw them down here um, in Hermosa the other day. Yeah. There was kind of shows Molly me. The, Turner. Yeah. The commitment of like being out here and, and like once you come down to the South Bay and start putting your time in here with the pros, it's like, all right. Mm hmm. And then up and comer. Uh, Elena Chacon, yeah. I think is really Florida good. Florida State. Yep. Florida State. She won, I think, Wapaka and then took a, maybe a fifth or seventh in Manhattan with Kylie DeBerg, uh -huh. who's a beast. Um, I mean, the USA program, it's got, it's like Tony, Kylie, Savvy, Haley Harward. Yeah. I'm just curious how the, like, which partnerships are going to come together. Yeah. Like, that's how I would make my, my bets once I see the partnerships yeah. come together. Man, the post-Paris partner shuffle on the women's side is going to be so interesting. Yeah. Because there's so much talent. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so those are those are the young guns. The women, there's just too many to choose from. Yeah. Um, but I like Zephyr Dew is like the young, young gun, like still a teenager, and he works so hard. It's awesome. Hell yeah. It's about that time for the Waya Kea. Water Break, the very company that has been keeping us hydrated all season long for the past several seasons on the AVP Tour. Yes, we are back hanging out with Waikea, and they're my favorite waters, not just because it sounds kind of fancy with its volcanic water, 
but it's made of ocean plast. All those water bottles you see, they're made of 100% post-consumer recycled ocean-bound plastic. What that means is that each bottle helps to remove the equivalent of five bottles from ocean-bound beaches, waterways, and cities. So when you're getting hydrated, you're also helping clean up the beach in a pretty sweet way. They also have these refillable aluminum bottles that are awesome. They're great to take on the go and reuse. My mom, every time she's in town, she takes one of those and just reuses it over and over and over again. And it's recyclable. It's recommended to be used 100 times or more, which, I mean, I've used it about 100 times or more. And they have still and sparkling, big sparkling water guy. They're also committed to giving back, which is awesome. It's local to those in Hawaii through the Kakua Initiative, from monthly drive to support the local food bank and nonprofits, to direct support of individuals and organizations. It's in the continental U.S. as well, via partnerships with its ambassadors such as, you may have heard of him, Clay Thompson and his Thompson Family Foundation. You got Aaron Judge, may have heard of him, and the All Rise Foundation, Miles Garrett, might have heard of him with his water boys. So YK, they're partnering with the big dogs, and also they're partnering with Sandcast. So if you want to get some water, the best water, by the way, some Hawaiian volcanic water, and work with a company that helps take the plastic out of the oceans, that gives back, use the promo code SANDCAST, that's all caps, SANDCAST, online at yaka.com, and that'll get you 20% off your order. All right, so that's SANDCAST, all caps, at yaka.com for 20% off. Stay hydrated, my friends. This show is brought to you by Bartender in a Box. Yes, guys, we've been looking for an alcohol sponsor for a long time on this show, and now it's time to drink outside the box with Bartender in the Box, our new sponsor and the official margarita and official Mai Tai of the American Volleyball League and AVL on IO and Sports. And for those on a volleyball player's budget, we got you. Sandcast and Bartender in a Box invites you and 12 of your friends to enjoy just one box of their premium bar-quality libations for around 20 bucks. That's right, 12 premium mixed cocktails out of just one tasty package, whether it's pre-game or post-game. We got you covered. Celebrating that beach volleyball victory or styling sunset, or maybe you lost in the quarterfinals like you planned to, so you could drink your bartender in a box while everyone else still is playing, burning calories, all that stuff. Bartender in a Box is available in a growing number of flavors, stores, and markets where you shop. But if it's not on display, just ask for it as it sells out quick. The libation experience and price are worth it. So shake your box today. Have a margarita. Have a Mai Tai. Enjoy the show. We've got some really fun news for y'all, and that is that Sandcast and Volleyball TV, or VBTV, whatever you want to call it, we are now partnered up. So the Road to Paris series that I record after every olympic qualifying event or every other that's now going to start featuring video highlights instead of just the still pictures we're going to have actual video highlights so it's going to be more like an actual volleyball highlight show so instead of just still pictures you're actually going to get to see what's going on on the field of action and in return we're going to start promoting volleyball tv and you get 20 percent off your volleyball tv subscription when you use the code sandcast 20 now this is case sensitive so sandcast is all caps 20 and that's the numeral 20. So it's Sandcast, all caps, 20. And you will get 20% off your VBTV subscription. Now, a lot of you guys who are listening to the show, you're beach volleyball super fans. And I absolutely love that. I love you. I love you for listening. I love you for subscribing to VBTV and watching. So if you already have your subscription, when it comes time to renew, you can use that code. Or you, you could honestly cancel and then renew with your 20% off if you wanted to. So again, Sandcast, 20 all caps at Volleyball TV. That'll get you 20% off. So I'm stoked. 
to be partnering with VBTV. It's just been such a sweet thing to have for the sport, to have like all the volleyball you could watch in one spot, or at least all the international volleyball you could watch in one spot. That's indoor, it's Italian league, it's even the Big Ten indoor. You get all of that 20% off with our code. So go and watch your beach volleyball today at Volleyball TV. Um, we'll move to some international. Uh, Crystal Eva, where is the Elite 16 in Portugal going to be? That's going to be in Espino. Same spot. Yep. Um, from Adam Breinholt, this is for you, Try. What FIVB events are you playing? Um, we are trying to catch Trevor and Theo for the Olympic bid. So we basically are just going to go to the first few, see where we stand after that, and just keep going to whatever makes sense for us to make the spot. It's not realistic for us to play everything leading all the way up to Ostrava, which is the cutoff June 9th. 9th. Um, so we're going to have to skip probably, I would guess, two Two of those events. I got my coach right here, so you know. Yeah, I'll let I'll let him decide. <laughs> uh, hopefully, that's well. Never mind. I don't want to throw any countries under the bus, but there's certain ones on the schedule. I'm like, It'd be nice to miss that one. Yeah, but that's usually less stacked events, so we end up going to those. Um, but yeah, expect us to go to to uh, what is it? Ten. So eight out of the ten, first ten. Yeah. So and, once and for uh, sure, the first like four. Yeah. Once Doha starts which is March, first week of March, there's 10 events in 14 weeks. Right, yeah. So you're not going to play all of them, maybe eight. Yeah. And and realistically, we'll go to the first four, three or four, and then look at where we're at now and when we want to take that one tournament off. Yeah. Um, which you brought it up. So from uh, Brick, is Travis the new coach for Try and Came? Yes. I mixed business friendship and <laughs> podcasting and different- everything i'm going all in on this guy <laughs> yeah uh we were looking for a coach i mean travis knows my game and um just been really close to our team and um all of it all along watching more film than anyone because he's broadcasting and i know how much you how much you have to pay attention and how many matches you have to watch to broadcast um and yeah it just kind of came together and seemed to make sense and so we have a rookie coach this year but it's kind of fun because it kind of lower expectations in a way yeah of like i mean we're all just throwing it together like this seems to be the best situation for us but like this guy's been watching more film than anyone he's been listening to me for five years on the podcast he's been (laughs) actually out there playing so it's just funny that it actually worked out and to like actually make sense, not just be like, oh, screw it. This is right. frustrating. I'll just bring my buddy on tour. <laughs> I was actually like, that's definitely not why I want to make this decision. And I don't want to just bring a friend on tour. Uh, I don't want to make the decision based on that. If I get to do that, that's a bonus. Right. Uh, but I had to like put that aside. And um, I think it's going to be good. And the, and the, Big bonus is that Nick Lucena is um, helping us out as well. He's kind of assisting us from Florida. Yeah. And that is pretty cool because I'm just so used to being on the other side of the net from the guy. So to be able to have him one call away and know that Travis gets to filter the information through him 
um, is pretty cool. Yeah. And that uh, brings up another question from a guy I've uh, never heard of, Theo Bruner, or is it maybe Brunner? Sounds like a hack. What coach do you like better, Travis or Nick? Explain. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so good. That was for Theo. <laughs> yeah, that was from Theo. Oh, I wish he was here. It was, you should call him. Oh man, when I got that, I was like, I will one hundred. Who do you hate more, Theo? <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. I mean, for like obviously Nick, and like what I was telling you guys is like in a perfect world, like Nick's the head coach, or in like a just and proper world where you work your way from college to professional level at the highest pay right. grade. Well, and he's been putting his time as a coach. You know? Right. He's actually, he's not even a rookie coach anymore. Right. Like he's been doing yeah. it at the college level for a while. Yeah. Um, and that like Nick would be your head coach and I would be Nick's assistant and just sort of listening to Nick and maybe throwing an idea here and there. Like maybe this could work, maybe this could work, but it's, it's the other way around. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause like, like I've had to, like if you're not going to get imposter syndrome, the only way to fight that is to generate evidence that like you're not an imposter. Right. Like I have no evidence that I'm a good coach. Yeah. But we're only asking you to be right. who you are and what you've done. You right. Know? We don't need we don't need you to be. If you tried to go be John Wooden, you'd you'd fail miserably, right? right? Like So I think the like we all know what we're getting into and what we're getting and somehow in your like eight years in this sport, how long have you been around? I moved here in uh, 2015. Yeah, between your writing and your broadcasting and your podcasting and actually being out there, you have m- more experience than like anyone that I went, I went down this whole list. Obviously, Nick, like if he was in Cali, he'd be our head. Right. But like, you're the guy. You're the guy for the job. <laughs> yeah, you check the boxes. <laughs> yeah. So... I don't know. I kind of think it's great, like to have a, have you as a rookie this year, because that kind of just takes the pressure off. We don't know what it's supposed to be yet. We can right. kind of let it be whatever it becomes, yeah. kind of thing. And we all like understand that it's not like you're coming in. Like if Travis doesn't get us the Olympics, it's he's failing us. <laughs> heck, no. Like we're all in it together. We're all going to give it a shot together, and um, probably a pretty awesome opportunity. I would hope for you to kick off your coaching career right? yeah <laughs> pretty high upside <laughs> it's a pretty pretty big you imagine if promotion. You, you got your first coaching job ever and then three months later We're you're going, you're to, the going to the olympics <laughs> wow that was quite easy <laughs> yeah. but you i mean you mentioned like the multifaceted role that i played in the sport playing writing podcasting commentating i've been fortunate enough to generate a lot of um like have a lot of great relationships yeah. and generate a lot of goodwill. Mm-hmm. So it's been awesome where I can call up John Mayer yeah. and say, Hey, like this is a problem that we're trying to solve. I don't know the best, most efficient way to solve it. What do you think? Hey, Drew Hamilton. Yeah. Triborn's passing. I want him to like look a little bit more like Kristen Nuss. And yeah. Drew doesn't give away any secrets. And then after like practice today, like you got assistant coach Drew for 10 minutes and he's like, Oh, this is what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. And it's been nice where I can call up all these people and they're mm-hmm. so willing to help me help you yeah which has been fun yeah and that's rare it's a rare skill or opportunity whatever that you have yeah so the the learning curve is expedited (laughs) for sure yeah Yeah. no it's a unique situation for sure and i wouldn't like i'm so invested and so serious about it that i wouldn't 
bring a friend on board just to bring a friend on board. Right. That's like, oh, sweet. And we're going to enjoy our, our time on tour. Like, yeah. Bonus. Yeah. So I think mostly only upside because, and especially because a lot of um, what you were looking to improve upon from last year in terms of coaching, I think I fill a lot of the holes in terms of like communication. Yeah. A lot like, can you shoot me a text or give me a call and I'll answer. Right. In like 10 minutes. Yeah. And, and it's a lot of like, help me be my best version of myself. And I know a lot at this point. Yeah. Like who has more experience? What coach has more experience than me at this point? Right. There's a lot of the top coaches that haven't been out there in the arena in the same way that I have. Mm -hmm. Not that they wouldn't be able to coach me or, you know, it's not always the credential, but um, I do have so much experience that it's like, help me bring out the best parts of me from all these years, you know? Um it gets lost in partner changes and in over time and body changing and your life changing, having mm -hmm. kids and families and um, all these things, the game changing. Um, so like come in and help me find myself, my best version of me, find the, the, the beast. Uh, and same for Cam. Like yeah. I don't, I honestly don't need someone to come in and, change and make came this amazing uh world tour mvp defender like if i can just get the best version of came that i've seen over these last 10 years i'll be more than happy and more than confident in, in what we're able to do yeah and it's been um for me because i always have such a tough time listening to someone who could never beat me who never accomplished like <laughs> what i did so like in golf i'm someone like it's funny even if like even if you tell yourself, there's certain things you can't get past, right? I don't know. It's a fine line. Yeah, because like I'd have people who knew know the fundamentals and biomechanics of a golf swing who couldn't break 80, and they'd be like, oh, if you just do this. And even if I knew it was right, I would just be so hung up on the fact that you could never beat me, <laughs> so I'm not going to listen. And now I'm in a situation where I'm over whatever in my career against you, and yet I'm supposed to sit here and sort of like – coach you yeah it, it takes a, a lot of trust like i gotta break past that see okay i'm trusting travis here that he understands that and isn't gonna like cross that line but he is gonna give me the feedback that he thinks i need and then vice versa like we really gotta like dance on that line well yeah so that's why it is great having nick because then I can just channel something Nick said through me. Like, hey, right. Nick said to do this. I also agree with it. If you disagree, t take it's it with Nick. Nick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's true, though. Like, seeing Nick out there and having him take me down a bunch of times and being like, this guy just knows. I know he has answers, and I want them. Yeah. You know? Uh, so what a great weapon for you to have. Yeah. So you could say something at some point and be like, Nick, they're not going to listen to me. But right. can you say it? Right. Exactly. <laughs> if you agree. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh, okay. That's, <laughs> you're like, God damn it. It was. It's going to be a lot of frustration for you. It's uh, not going to be an easy job. Yeah. You're already learning, it's, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I've had to have like total, complete and total ego death. Yeah. We're, we're like, you know, having you guys do I think it, we like, all need to, to yeah. be honest. Like, that's what's going to make it work. Yeah, and I was telling Delaney that I was laughing this morning because when we were doing the one-handed passing things uh, at Sports Academy, um, yeah, came had like some reservations about it, 
And then he texts this morning. He's like, hey, can we get there a little bit early to do some one-handed stuff? And I was like, like, I would love to. Nick said it's a good idea. <laughs> I, like, I would love to. Yep. Let us find our own answers yeah. sometimes. You need like idea inception. Yeah. And that's like a persuasion across the board is when someone, when you help someone th- make it think it's their own idea, they'll buy in immediately. And so that's- That's how the brain works. Yeah. Though. Like like we're filtering out BS all the time. And like it has to, if it comes from within us- then it's like, okay, it's yeah. filtered through the right filter. We're good. Yeah. It's coming from here. I got to filter this thing first. Make sure it's good. Yeah. And what I like is how much, um, like we've been, I was with you guys in Hawaii and that was just like very basic volleyball 101. Like we're starting to touch ball again. And then we've only been in California for two weeks together. And I think today's pra- like we're meeting each other where we're at a lot more so now like the practices every one of them as we get feedback from like this worked that worked i like this didn't like that it's we're, a lot of change like yeah. practice to practice yeah and one practice is like Phew, we're here okay we made a step okay yeah like it's having to happen pretty fast and i'm realizing that season's three coming. weeks away coming. <laughs> and it's like time to like get all this communication stuff done figure out what our system is what we're sticking with and like now we compete like mm-hmm. you gotta get gotta get the beast back out there yeah turn the brain off yeah triborn came back to the beach today it was yeah. good to see you back camera called called me out <laughs> practice before i was not feeling well and i was like oh i like that i was like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna let him be right two days in a row like, i don't i'm not gonna be the reason that we're having a bad practice so i stepped it up yeah no today was good triborn's back <laughs> he left for a day left for a day the I ghost was of, the ghost of triborn pretty showed sure up. that would cons- what i had was some kind of sickness for a day i don't know what the hell that was yeah and that's a t- that's a hard thing for me as a coach is like i want to push you guys physically but i also understand if you're banged up like Mm, how hard do i push you well, i used to just run through a wall and do anything yeah but like with all my health stuff and like i realized that's not the way to go anymore and now it like just mind f's me yeah it's like i feel like i'm a wimp if i don't just keep going and right. keep hammering and like hit the gym i said i was gonna hit the gym today so hit it and go hard but yeah no it doesn't work anymore yeah you know what a key to a great work ethic is great rest ethic it's true. <laughs> uh, we'll go to um, two more things. So this is, I'm bringing this one up because this was asked by four different individuals. Uh, Rick Banish, Libby Schneider, also known as Libby Sanchez, Montana Mama, and Dale Thrush. Rick asked, is hand setting going in the right direction or not? Libby asked, do you think the double contact should stay in beach if it goes away indoor? And Dale says, a lot of talk about calls around setting. What would you make the rule for beach? And I think Dale kind of sums up everyone with what do we do with hand setting on the beach? First of all, what do you think the reasoning is of changing it? Like, Because I know internationally it sounded like indoor people hit harder and set faster and people like things being hit hard and going faster. So we want the game to move in that. And we want indoor players to be able to come out and play beach, but they can't because it's a hard, different skilled game. That goes against all the traditionalist uh, 
volleyball players like i'd say myself like i love the because it's a skill that i've developed and i and i'm really enjoy like putting my hands on a set that other people wouldn't put their hands on and be able to get it out clean um it gives me an advantage that i've built developed that skill so i hate that it's going away but as i see the game evolve and i'm seeing like you know what it's just evolving and uh, there's all this jump setting going on and I see it going to everything faster and jump over here and fly over there and hit harder and guys are bigger. And it sounds like that's just the way the game's going. So this setting, the, the traditionalists who don't want spin on it, who appreciate that skill, just have to kind of let it go. And then I'm seeing after, okay, a year or two, when we get over, over it, the games could get really exciting. Like you get this whole new jump setting thing in here. Traditionalists were like, what the hell are they doing? That's so stupid. Why would you jump every time you set? But now it's like, mm, that's pretty badass actually. And it makes the game <sighs> defensively. It looks ridiculous because you just get burned yeah. all the time, but it, it's fun to watch and it's extremely hard to do. So whatever skill you're taking away with a clean set, maybe we're adding with how fast these systems are going to now be run. And and nobody wants to see refs blow the whistle more. So I think that's probably the biggest thing, right? We yeah. Just, we don't need the refs getting involved as much. Yeah. And, and, and the judgment calls now, it's like, yeah. like, I literally don't know what's a good set. I had one of the best sets of the year in World Champs, and they called it. I was like, that thing was perfect. And it was like sweet over the shoulder to the pin and i was like i don't even know what to do i literally will not like if it balls a little over my head and i feel like i can kind of dish it and keep it clean i won't dish it i'll just flick it and it'll be super ugly yeah and i'll do that on purpose because i think it's safer I'm like forget doing a nice set just flick get it out of your hands so you don't get called right yeah i think that's the biggest argument for people in favor of the NCAA taking doubles out is that now we've removed judgment calls. Yeah, and and the the not everyday fan watches it and they're like, "What happened? Right? Why they call it?" And volley, volleyball fans are like, "Ooh, yeah, they called it. That was ugly." Yeah, you know? yeah. It's I'm so torn because I understand that, but I also want skills to remain skills, and I want. Well, the other thing is we're calling doubles, right? Yeah, but like, what's a double? Especially indoor, man. I watch indoor. If I'm it like, spins, what? it what? doesn't mean it's a double, right? Like, according to physics. Yeah. I mean, you can roll a ball off the wall with spin on it. It's going to come back with spin. The wall, it can't double. Right. So, I mean, spin can be a potential indicator that a double has happened, but people will see spin and freak out. Yeah, but then if I have my hands all lopsided, but it comes out clean, which is what I do if I'm side jump setting. Right. You know, look at some of them. Like, one hand's on top of it. The other one's, (laughs) like, they're not even, but I got it to come out clean. Yeah, and a ball's never come in to a two hands independently at the same time right there's always there's Sometimes always one it's two. on your thumb and your pointer over here and your pinky and your ring finger over here and you're like just like yeah oh it came out clean we're good right but like you said no one wants to watch the refs blow their whistles more and i remember when they introduced stricter standards for lifts stod was unwatchable oh yeah for yeah, me for sure and i watch sure. everything and i was like bartos Wosiak just flung this thing from deep corner and put brill on a tee but they kind they of that, that like backfired the rule right yeah because like then it's to not get 
ref calls and now they're just calling everything right granted like the athletes didn't understand the new rule right yet and neither did the refs probably even yeah but i don't know i just think it's not worth getting all hyped up like wherever it happens like this it's not going to ruin the sport we're gonna it's gonna evolve um i just like in, in a perfect world for me i think the game keeps going to this fast jump setting tricky back set all over the place um stuff but the ball's gotta come out clean because it's such a cool skill yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I I mean, the it's sort of, we've gone through phases, right? Where we had I mean it, the world tour got huge. And you got the Phils, the Seminoffs, the Stoyanovskis, and then the the adaptation was, well, let's get skilled and fast. Right. And I think skilled and fast is way more entertaining. Yeah. I mean, Sweden's much watched te- much watched television. And whereas watching Robbie Mewson and Alex Brower, it's not exactly as must watch because when it is in Robbie's hands, the rally's over. Right. It's either a kill, a block, or an error. You're not going to dig him. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's it. Where Sweden, you don't know what's going to happen with them. I think it's fun. So I think I like a slight loosening of the standards to allow for the creative adaptations, but don't don't abolish it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because also then it won't be a, as much of a wow factor, right? Like if someone puts their hands on it from the back line, it's like, ah, oh, well, you know, I mean, it's just like indoor. You can flick right. you it. Just chuck you it. Just chuck it. Yeah. Flick it up there. You put your hands on it anywhere. Yeah. So it's like, uh, I would say we are expanding the strike zone. Yeah. That's how I'd relate it. Um, we will do, what's our time? Hour. Hour? All right. Uh, last thing, this is from N.L. Jensen. What's a sneaky thing that most people don't practice that they should? Let's break this down by level. Right. Beginners, I would say um, a like a proper just platform of straight and simple. But like everyone practices that, right? Well, I think I think because I, I coach beginners every Saturday. Yeah, I do a beginner and intermediate, intermediate class, and a lot of people would want to get straight to hitting. Yeah. Um, no, for sure. That's the best bang for your buck is to get super good ball control and platform from a young age. Right? Yeah. From whenever you start playing. I um, I think professional. My answer would be covering sneaky oh totally and especially if you're a blocker who gets covered all the time (laughs) frustration management yeah oh it's so brutal um to block a ball or two and then you still lose the point and you just jump max jump two three times Mm -hmm. um so it's demoralizing for the other team and you save a point yeah sure so i think i think covering and then intermediate I don't know what I'd do for intermediate. Tooling the block? <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. Just don't be afraid of the block. Find the fingers and just... Well, it's like one of the... You don't have many outs. Like there's certain situations where the ball and the block and the defense are in certain uh, positions to where if you don't have a tool available as one of your tools, which is hitting it off the side of the block, by the way, for people... <laughs> um, <laughs> Like, you don't have an out. You're going to give the other team 
the ball back, basically. Um, so like a low-line tool, chizzy off the elbow, which I use all the time um, just to keep – a lot of times just to keep the blocker honest like because I know this guy's huge, so he can touch my high line. I can go higher with my high line, but their defender's extremely fast, so like it's just not going to work. But if I go and I see him reaching for that high line, I chizzy his elbow once, chizzy his elbow twice, now I hit that high line and he's down there low on my low line. So it's one of those skills where you have to, where you're you're making the blocker's life more difficult. You're making them decide something. It's like when I used to play Phil, it's like, we got to set this ball off the net. I can't come in and just do my hammer thing because he can just press into right. that easy. If I only have two options coming in against a good blocker, they're going to own me. So I have to come in and use like four or five different angles and shots and skills. And then you get them guessing on what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. And the tools, tools more. That's why I really, um, I like that drill we did today where we pinched in the court. It was, yeah. Because he, you got to cover. You got me, you got my low line chizzy going. Yeah. Sure. You got to cover. You got to find ways to tool the block yeah. and to just beat people when you're sort of in jail. Yeah. So I like that one. We covered to the sneakies there we go so wait, well that's it for fan questions season opening fan queue episode it's a fun one schedule's out fired up yeah we got a we got a good year of volley out there for our volleyball fans and players and um you know with different tour changes you never know so i think it's something to be grateful for and it's exciting it's something yeah. new and exciting so yeah good stuff fire up the grill Just throw some shrimp on the body <laughs> <laughs> shoots shoots <laughs>